this is Stephen Byer from Modern Films, and you're listening to Sick on Cinema. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sick on Cinema. I am one half of your naughty phone call making oh. podcasters, John. I'm here to have my. Jesus. Did you like that one? That's pretty good. And uh, it's good to be back doing the show. Yes. We missed a week. Oh, well, there's some. But when I, when I, we get into what we've been up to, and I tell you why we missed a week, Yeah. I think everybody will forgive us. <laughs> yeah. Because it was an insane weekend. Man, this week's been crazy too. It's it been almost crazy, yeah. it was almost another one of those weeks. Is like, can we? Are we? Can, oh, we, can we get this done? <laughs> if we, we didn't we start this? last week, yeah, we, there's no way we would have got it done. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a little crazy the last two, two yeah. three weeks. But uh, as always, questions, comments, concerns can be sent to sickoncinema at gmail dot com. Yep. Follow us on the Facebooks. Yep. Follow us on the Instagrams. Yep. Twitter's dead. Twitter's dead. Uh, <laughs> and you can. I don't uh, know if I've even checked that thing in months. <laughs> All that's at Sick on Cinema Podcast. Sick on Cinema, give us on, a, on that little little purple icon thing you mm-hmm. use on iTunes. Knock us them five stars. Give us a review. Rain like. them five stars down upon us. Hell yeah. Give us the Philip Seymour Hoffman of five stars. <laughs> we'll get it Make it later. come out of our ears. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into all that shit later. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, hey, Ben. Other than <sighs> busier than hell. Um... Mostly just busy with everything and anything. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the think about this for a second. Mm-hmm. I, I get up every day to go to school. Yep. To, get, to get, try to get this college degree. Yeah, get that bread. Get the hell <laughs> <laughs> of bread. Make the bread. Um, then, as soon as I get back, I have maybe like a, a few hours to do whatever. And a, lot, and a lot of that time is dedicated to other things, including this podcast. Yep. <laughs> then straight to work. Yep, yep, for... Oh, near but about five days out of the week, I would say. Yeah, I've been uh, <clears throat> busy. Yeah, as well with work, real yeah. life work, my shoot job, if you will. <laughs> shoot job. <laughs> um, but I've also been making a music video. Yeah, with a guy who uh, his his uh, you know, um, alias, I guess, yeah. if you want to, what he creates under is Dot Orbix. Yes, he now has a Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Go get that a. Uh, Give that a follow. Said to tell you that sick on cinema center sent you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been fun. But this last weekend, the reason we missed it, and it was my fault. Yeah. Because I didn't even like begin to like under like I didn't think enough ahead to be like, oh shit, we probably should have just said we're gonna miss a week. Because I've been, as everyone knows, I've been working on a documentary called This Is NGW. Uh huh. It's a documentary for this local wrestling promotion. Shout out to. Cody Ford and Eddie Shepard who run it. Also, to give you a little bit of a pat on the back here, uh, you've worked your ass off on this. Yeah. <laughs> you 
have, I mean, we, we started off as three, technically. Yeah. It's kind of became... Me. <laughs> it's, it's became your project. Well, it's point, because I, I'm the only one that can get off to do this. Yeah. You know, everyone else has got stuff they got to do. I mean, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I have the podcast, the other shit that we're doing. Yeah. And other things that we're, we've talked about. Yeah. And it's like... Ah. Well, they uh, they they have a podcast as well, the yes. NGW podcast, uh, Next Gen TN podcast, maybe is what it's called. I think mm-hmm. the technical <laughs> full title. But uh, uh, they're on Spotify, and iTunes, iTunes and all, all that stuff. So give them yeah. a follow. But they uh, they had a couple episodes coming up, which we'll get into that. And that was one thing I was doing. But Friday, I went up to set up. They were going to do a live podcast for Crime Time. Yes, and I was going to shoot it for them. So I went up on Friday. To film a little bit for the doc, kind of also just to kind of talk with Cody about the doc, yeah, and to set up everything for the podcast to get a look at what it's gonna look like, and uh, so then Saturday I worked my shoot job, Your shoot job, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then Sunday was absolutely bonkers. That was the day of the show. Yeah, I got there pretty early. Yeah, um, and when I get there, Eddie's like, "Hey man, Tracy Smothers is already here. You want to go get him with me?" I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So we went and got Tracy Smothers in the building. Which, if you guys don't know who Tracy Smothers is, which oh, I, yeah, I, I guess I probably should, you know. <laughs> well, you were talking about Crime Time earlier. Crime Time were a, a tag team in the WWE, WWE yeah. in the 2000s. Like 2005. 2005 to 2007. Something yeah. like that, yeah. And uh, Tracy Smothers is like a living legend. Yeah, he's a living legend in the wrestling community. Yeah, he's been everywhere, done everything. I think the only place he didn't really go was WWE. Yeah, but ECW, you know, yeah. Smoky Mountain. I'm pretty sure probably WCW at one yeah, point. Yeah, all known all, especially in this area, is a oh, legend. Yeah. So I got there, and then like I'm <laughs> just running errands for Tracy Smothers and talking to him about Dark Side of the Ring and the Von Erichs, and I'm like, this is insane. Like this is surreal. Right. So I also helped to set up chairs and everything because while I'm there, I'm like, I'm literally setting up one shot. I should probably <laughs> help out a little bit. <laughs> right. So I helped set up chairs and everything, and then I got to talk, uh, you know, with for a little bit with Montezzi. Is his name? He's a musician. Yes, uh, he's, he's gonna be well known soon because he's doing theme songs for AEW. Wait, wait, what? He's doing Sammy Guevara's theme song for AEW. But is it? That's public knowledge. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not like I, a, I was gonna say. Did you just? No, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's public knowledge. Um, you can get the insider scoops. Oh, he's an amazing dude. Uh, Tracy Smothers is also awesome. So Montezzi has uh, 900 kids. 900 kids. <laughs> and then I got to shoot a live podcast with Crime Time. Yeah, and it, like literally the next day, yeah. You so did another one. So you know, I'll get all that done. Watched the show, had a great time. Yeah, uh, you know, to put the boys over a little bit. <laughs> put them over. NGW, if you live in this area, the East Tennessee area, or you can drive to it, mm-hmm. I can't recommend coming to these shows enough. They put on. There's guaranteed in this area, and I'm talking about like the whole like southeast area. I'm not just talking about Tennessee or East yeah. Tennessee. They're putting on the best show. Guaranteed, hands down. If that's not biased, just because I'm working with them. If yeah, well, because I was a fan first. Yeah, we, we were both fans first, and then we kind of got involved in a weird way. Mm-hmm. But um, if you are in the area, or if you're not in the area, it's worth it's worth your time. Yeah, it's worth your money. It's an amazing show. Yeah. So then Monday. I meet up with Cody and Eddie to shoot another live podcast, but this was not a live podcast in front of a studio audience like the last one was, or I guess studio audience, maybe not the best way to say like a live audience. Okay, the Crown Time one, there was people. Yeah, there was an audience watching. This one was just at Cody's house, 
and it was with none other than Rich Swan. Which, if you don't know who Rich Swan is, he's an icon in independent wrestling, yeah. and he spent a long tenure in WWE as well as being the cruiserweight champion. Yes, and wrestling some of the best in the world yeah. over there. So, uh, so, and he's an amazing dude as well. I mean, I'm, I've met. Okay, I, I've met Tracy Smothers, Crime Tom, and mm-hmm. uh, Rich Swan. All, th- all three awesome guys when you meet them. Yep. But you got to spend quite a bit of time with them, right? Yeah. Well, not necessarily with Crime Time as much, but with Tracy and Rich, yeah. you know, I spent quite a bit with them. And uh, it was an amazing, surreal experience. So, you know, we apologize for missing a week, but man, was it an awesome reason. Yeah. You know, the to be able to do all this stuff. And I got a, sh- you know, major shout out, put them over. Yeah. Eddie and Cody. Eddie Ford, Cody Shepard. Yeah, yeah. Wait, did you say Eddie Ford? I don't know, did I? Cody Ford, Eddie hey, Shepard. I'm pretty sure that's what I said, but I might have mixed them up. Uh, if, if, if you did, I think it would be all Fuck right. Fuck them. I'm kidding. Hey, I got to put them over. <laughs> I got to put them over because they've really been good to me and given me amazing opportunities yeah. to do things I never thought I would get a chance to do. So, And also, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's public knowledge now because they, they put a post about it up. Let's put the poster for the newest show. Oh, if you're remotely a wrestling fan and you watched during the '90s, which like most probably most people did, yeah, at least in America, yeah. Um, Psychosis from WCW, CW. yeah, which had a insane feud with Rey Mysterio, Mysterio. throughout his entire tenure. Um, he will be there. He's gonna be there. Unless something happens. Unless something, you never know. I mean, you, you never know. But that's a little while he can away. Pull his but. butthole out. <laughs> But anyways, I'm sure everybody's like, stop talking about wrestling. <laughs> get to the movies, you get, shits. Get to the movies, you absolute pieces of shit. <laughs> so before we do, though, we always want to give some shout-outs. Yeah. I already shouted out the NGW boys. Uh, Who Will Survive podcast. Yeah. Paul and Marco. Yes. Amazing. We love them. They're the great guys. Yep. Go check their podcast out. One of the best researched and like the detail they take in their notes and stuff like that. Fantastic stuff. Like, I would say probably the only other podcast that does as much, like, research into their stuff is probably, like, 22 Shots of Moves. Yeah, like, we watch the movie one time, take half a page of notes, and be like, ready! Well, (laughs) this time I've taken more than half a page, but mostly mine's just like, oh, that's messed up. Where Paul, like, I know for a fact the dude watches the movies a couple times before he does an episode. I don't know. They do weekly, don't they? I'm pretty sure they do well, I mean, we can check right quick. You know? I'm pretty sure it's weekly. It's either weekly They're doing weekly. something, it seems like, every week. Yeah. Whether it be a main episode or not. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely give them a shout-out. Rain Architect, Jason, mm-hmm. man behind our music. Yes. It's amazing. We actually got a compliment on uh, the last episode. Oh, yeah, do we? guy posted on Facebook said he, we had the best theme song out there. Really? And I was like, I can't agree more. <laughs> so, yeah. There, there you go, Jason. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Oh, yeah. Our theme song kicks ass. <laughs> and Jason's also a great dude. So. Yes. And his music's awesome, so. Yeah. He's been on here. Yeah. You can go back. We interviewed him, and we had him on for a Halloween special and everything, so. And he'll probably be back one oh, day. Oh, yeah. We're going to get him on again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll be back. He's a boy. He's a he's our it's boy. It's your boy. <laughs> one more shout out. Uh, and this one, we're going to take a brief hiatus Ooh. to hear from Brandon Lane and the Rants from the Black Lodge. So check it out. Thank <laughs> you. 
Recording live from the Black Lodge, it's me, the free will burning, head turning, ass kicking, machismo dripping, master podcast and mouthpiece of the Southeast, Brandon A. Lane, host of the Rants from the Black Lodge podcast, inviting all you to take a walk on the wild side and check out our Golden Pumpkin nominated and five star rated film commentary podcast. Each month, we dissect the greatest and sometimes worst films of that particular horror genre and we interact with the stars and crew of those films. You can find Rants from the Black Lodge podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Spotify, Podbean, and our homepage at JuicyKruger.com. Oh, God. Okay, we're back. <laughs> I was I saying in there. <laughs> oh, but that's the... Well, I'm talking about now it's in. It's in. <laughs> it's, it's in, dog. In now. I had to force that one out, too, man. That was oh, ruthless. God. You throw up all over the microphone. Oh god! Try, trying to do some kind of gag, and just like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Try to do a meme, and I'm just like, ah! <laughs> Tim and Eric style. So, what are we talking about tonight, Matt? Okay. We didn't really got into it. Um, well, let, I feel I felt like because I chose this week's episode, you did. I felt like we needed to get real upset because <laughs> we, I feel like recently we've done pretty well. We've been having fun. Yeah. So. We're doing shocking dramas this week, people. Yeah, which I feel like we need to rename the episode. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I don't think it should be called shocking dramas no more. I think it okay. should just be called depression. <laughs> that works. <laughs> that works for me. I'm down with that. Because um, <laughs> these three movies, man, are some of the most feel-bad movies we've ever covered. And honestly, like we would normally not do this because this is a disturbing podcast, but there may be some trigger warnings in here. Yeah, which we'll get to that in particular yeah. in one one movie in particular. One movie in particular. <laughs> we may be doing a first before we review that episode. Jesus. So, uh, where do you want to start? Are we starting with uh, yeah, 1986? Yeah, with uh, in, in a last game? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, 1986. Yeah. Spanish, a dark, dark Spanish horror film. Oh, Jesus. Known as In a Glass Cage. Now, okay. Yeah? I guarantee you, if you look up... The most fucked up movies of all time. Oh, yeah. This will come up. Oh, guaranteed. Absolutely There's, there's guaranteed. no way it won't. Mm-hmm. This is ingrained in this genre, I guess, yeah. the disturbing film. Extreme cinema, yeah. shock cinema. Extreme cinema, yeah. However you want to talk about it. Um, it's one of those movies, too. Like, it feels like it's just always been there. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, a lot of times we talk about the first time we heard about a movie or where we found it. Yeah. This is one of those weird movies where I can't tell you how I discovered it, or who yeah, told I, me about it. I don't think I can either. It was just there, you know what I mean? I know Cold Epic put it out, <laughs> and it just existed. It's like one of those like uh, one of those weird things where it's like it's just always been. <laughs> yeah. It's always been in my head for years after the first time I watched it. Um, a little bit of a weird tie-in to last week's episode. The first time I ever watched this movie was actually also the same day. It was the first time I ever watched Gummo. Yeah, it was a bad double feature. <laughs> I don't think we said a word to each other on the way home. I just drove in silence. I think I was hated that day because I chose those movies out. And I was like, like let's go hmm. over to my sister's house and have a fun day yeah. watching movies. Let's watch In a Glass Cage and Gummo. <laughs> yeah. Um, for From then on, we chose mostly just normal horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. So what is In a Glass Cage about? Yeah. Well, In a Glass Cage tells uh, the story of Klaus. God. Um, Klaus, if you will, is a former SS scientist. Let's bring in the dead Kennedys, please. <laughs> Not <laughs> sponks. Not <laughs> sponks. <laughs> so, yeah, he's a former SS 
officer and a scientist who ex- did most of his experiments on little boys. Like um, the evil piece of shit, Joseph Mengele. Yes. So after the war, he's, he can't turn off that urge. Ugh. So he becomes basically a serial killer who molests, hunts down, and murders, tortures little boys. So, okay. This is the this is just the, the beginning of the plot. <laughs> this is like the first two minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, this is what you see the first two minutes of this film. Yeah, it opens up with pictures from the Holocaust. But somehow it gets worse. Yeah. So <laughs> let, let's just... So one day he kills this little boy and it seems as though he's about to get caught. So he climbs to the top of his, of his villa and he jumps off. Yep. Tries to kill himself. Fails. Yeah, because he is then put into an iron lung. Puts into an iron lung, which we talked about this. Okay. What is an iron lung and how does it work? I don't know. <laughs> um, I I looked up an iron lung while I was watching this movie because I was like, how does this thing work? And the only thing I really I saw was it was like, oh, it helps with re- respiratory muscles. And yeah. There's only like 80 people in the world that use this thing now because there's like better things you can use. Yeah. So, <laughs> like a respirator. <laughs> yeah, like anything else. Anything else but put them in a stupid ass. Here's here's how I knew an iron lung was. All I knew about an iron lung was when they were in Looney Tunes cartoons and the Misfits sang about one. The first time I ever heard of an iron lung was on SpongeBob. Yeah, see? Because it was like, you'll be put into an iron lung and just like, <laughs> I think uh, I, I could be like misthinking this. But like one of these fish, one of the fish are like getting like squished by it or something like that, and like so he's like SpongeBob's so good. He's just like ouch, ouch. (laughs) My my only knowledge about Iron Lung was the maggots in the Iron Lung won't copulate, (laughs) (laughs) which is a misfit song. (laughs) So he's in an Iron Lung and he needs a nurse because the the wife is just struggling to make ends meet with him. Yeah, she's like, I just can't do it. I can't handle it. I can't can't do this shit anymore. Yeah, I can't take care of him twenty four seven. So he needs a nurse, and one day, this blue-eyed hmm. young man shows up. Blue-eyed? I don't know. He, they make reference to his eyes being blue, pretty sure, don't they? His eyes were brown. Yeah, it could have been. For some reason, I remember a, a, a line being like, his eyes were blue. It was like the devil himself walked past me. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I may be thinking something else. But uh, anyways. Anyway. <laughs> so this young man shows up, and he's like, uh, I'm a nurse, and I want to take care of him. And she's like, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit artist. <laughs> but Klaus is like, no, 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 he's the one. Yeah. So what we begin to learn is this young man is the one that caught him killing that little boy. Yep. He took his diary and he's become obsessed with this man and he wants to basically follow in his footsteps. So he begins to take care of him. But at the same time kinda kinda torturing him a little bit. Yeah. And uh and all along the way, slowly but surely becoming a monster in his own self. As he lures in little boys to murder them in front of Klaus. So, a, a good companion piece, at least I thought, with this musically. Maybe it's just because I'm hopped for the for a, yeah. a new album. <laughs> but um, is uh, Tool's Prison Sex. No, I agree with that because there's definitely a lot of like um, themes, if you will, of like the abuser becoming the abused. Yeah. You know, or the abused Vice becoming the abused. So, yeah. You know, the abuser. Um, this movie is dark. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially when you have, when you have like a rough day at work and you're just like, <laughs> I just want to go home. But you, you, but this is one of those nights when I was at work and I was like, I don't want to go home. 
Yeah. So I know what I'm, I know what yeah, I'm gonna I kinda, watch. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of had a similar idea where it was like, man, you know what my reward is for getting done with the day? <laughs> I get to go home watch you in a glass cage, <laughs> which is torture. <laughs> but, but I will say this. I mean, man, this movie—it was the first time director, <sighs> and the lead is a first time actor. Jesus Christ! And the 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 fact that they were able to pull off what they pulled off is unbelievable. This movie is amazing. It's amazing. It's a it's a damn masterpiece of yes. extreme cinema. <laughs> I mean, it's it's extreme, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's beautiful. Yes, in a lot of things it does. and very poetic. Yeah, as well, and it's it's very frightening as well because like you watch this like kid who shows up at first who's like seems very uncertain of who he is and what he's doing. Yeah, just become this ruthless monster. I mean. He has the same, like, almost like reputation, and the way he acts is very similar to what a lot of the SS soldiers did yep. back in the day. Yep, and he even starts wearing the guy's uniform, mm-hmm. basically. So he puts on the overcoat and the sunglasses. Ugh. And he wraps the house in, like, chicken wire and barbed wire and stuff. And there's, like, chairs he's set on fire. It looks apocalyptic. It's such a cool, like, transition because, like, once he, like, takes over. Yeah. Like, it becomes, like, Mad Max looking. Like, it's, like, a post apocalyptic. There's chairs just burning. Everywhere in this house, and it's it's just chaos. I mean, this be- like this beautiful looking house becomes hell. Yeah, basically, <laughs> it's a really <laughs> so. good way to put it. It's just such an interesting like like character study on these two guys. Yeah, which there is a little girl in it as well, Rena, which is Klaus's daughter, mm-hmm. and like the relationship between her and Angelo is really interesting as well. But it really is between these two guys and who they are and how their relation is with each other. Yeah. And, like, is this kind of a revenge film? Or, you know... I mean, it's hard to call it a revenge film because, I mean... Uh, well, revenge <laughs> revenge <laughs> isn't, mur- isn't murdering innocent people. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I- I'm with you. But, I mean, that's kind of what it is in, in, a, in a way, you know? To add a little bit of light to what we're talking about here, I feel like this movie may have been a big influence in maybe... Um, Excuse me. Uh, South America for uh, Stranger Danger. <laughs> I mean, there's no way this movie didn't have some parents be like, hmm. It's just beautifully shot. The camera work is really good. The acting is fantastic. The mm-hmm. music is very operatic, but also quaint at the same time. Yeah. And uh, it, it just does a good job of slowly telling you the story and unraveling things. And watching these weird in a weird way, these revol- roles being reversed in the most strangest way possible. Yeah, you know, where first Angelo kind of seems like this innocent, maybe victim. We don't really know. We yeah. don't really know who Angelo is. He right. just shows up, and Klaus. You know, we've seen him be this monster, and he's reading this diary of what he's done and yeah. how awful it is. And then at the end of the movie, you're almost like it almost drags you into feeling bad yeah. for Klaus in a weird way. Where you're like, I should not feel sympathetic for an SS scientist. You know what I mean? Child rapist and murderer. Yeah. <laughs> but the movie really pushes this idea that he's very remorseful for what he's done. Yeah. You know, he, he has a hard time living with himself with what he's done. Mm-hmm. And then Angelo becomes such a monster. You know, this unstoppable force. Yeah. That it, like, he becomes, like, the one you're like, hey, you, gotta, you gotta take this guy out. <laughs> yeah. He's gotta get out of here. You know what I mean? Because, um, you know, yeah. Because earlier I said I've been going to school and whatnot, and I've been working in video editing. Man, the color correction on this is beautiful. Like the, the the dark blue colors are mm-hmm. awesome. It really puts me in the mind of the original Halloween. 
Yeah. The colors. Yeah. Does. That that real like the blues and the blacks and the browns, you know, very cool colors. And it, it builds such an atmosphere it in the does, film. It does, yeah. It feels like you're like engulfed in smoke. Yeah. That's the one thing about this movie that I think is different than the the the, the look of Halloween. Halloween yeah. has a very cold mm-hmm. cool cool look to it. This one feels very smoky. Yeah. And very claustrophobic. Which is brilliant because it's all about a guy in an iron lung. Mm-hmm. But if you notice, like they don't shoot wide a lot. No, it's a lot of tight shots. Yeah, and even when they are wide, the house is cluttered with stuff. Mm-hmm. So it creates this very claustrophobic atmosphere where you're like, you just like, I gotta get out. I want out. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I mean, that, that's pretty much what you're gonna be saying to yourself once you hit play on this movie. But. <laughs> <laughs> I want out. Get me out. Let me out. <laughs> I'm done. I, I, I made mistakes. <laughs> I've had enough. But no, in all seriousness, like this is like. If I could recommend, like, if it is a movie, it's like, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's a tough watch. I'm not going to sit here and tell you this is probably the first one. Like, if you're introducing yourself to extreme cinema, maybe not this one to be your first. I don't know, because, like, it's such a beautiful movie at the same time. Well, yeah, it is. Like, it's very artistic. Like, a lot of this stuff is very trashy. Yeah. And very nasty and sleazy and mm-hmm. disturbing and vile. This carries itself in a in a very classy way, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there's <laughs> scenes in it that'll make you question your life. <laughs> make, make you, makes you question why I was even born. <laughs> to me, the scene that is the roughest, of course, you know, all the child murder is oh, yeah. terrible, but one in particular that I found to be the roughest is the one where he's like, "Sing!" Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, that one. Really Keep singing. Now, sitting there, I was like, "Hmm, can we, we just end this? <laughs> can we not?" <laughs> Can we just end this? Of course, the first one is rough, too, with him being like, you know, he's like, tell him to take his clothes off. Yeah. And oh, how is this shit legal, by the way? <laughs> I don't know, dog. Look, I I don't know the rules in Spain. They never really show full frontal, though, with the boys. Well, no. I mean, I feel, I feel like you, you can't do that. No, but I don't think you can. <laughs> Hopefully not. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't um, know how that goes. I don't look that up. <laughs> but there's, there's moments when you're watching this movie, you're like, the FBI, the FBI's going to be knocking any minute now. FBI, FBI, open up! Oh God! But like you know, in the first one, where he's like, he's like, tell him to take his clothes off, Ugh. and class is like, you know, take your clothes off. He's like, no, like Say, you did, you know, like, like like you said, say it like you meant it. Yeah, say it like you mean it. And it's like just this weird juxtaposition <laughs> of like this person that's Iron Lung, who you should see as the most evil person in the world that you just spit upon. Yeah, but like this guy is like, you know, he's trying to like just live his life out, you know, and regret what he did, and this guy's trying to drag the monster back out of him. And by doing so, it's making him more and more of a monster himself. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's confusing in a way, because it's like, what is Angelo's motives? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's something that I definitely asked myself through watching this movie. I was like, why is he doing this? Yeah, like, why? Why is he, you know... I mean, this man's confined to a space where he can't move. Yeah. That's hell enough. I would say for a lot of. This I mean, stuff. like he deserves well, all the punishment as possible. Well, but, yes, but it's but, like as, uh, there is this weird like ugh. admiration that yeah. Angelo has for Klaus. That it's like, but then like there's a twist which we don't really want to give away. Yeah, you know, you watch the movie, which it's still. Like, but even then, like even when the twist is revealed, you're like, I get it, but I don't. But I don't still. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't know why. Look, <laughs> he became this monster. You know, he became this like ruthless beast. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so weird because I don't want to feel bad for Klaus. Yeah. 
I don't want to feel bad for. I feel bad for all these people. I feel bad for all these people. <laughs> Man, welcome, welcome to Sick on Cinema, the podcast that only references other podcasts. podcasts. <laughs> but um, I don't want to feel bad for him. Yeah, I don't. But mm-hmm. when you sit here and he's like, he's confined to this space and he's and stuck. I think another aspect of that is the actor. Who plays Klaus does such a yeah, good yes, job does, that yeah. you can't help but feel bad for him. Like every time they open that iron lung, I'm like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, close, close it, close it. Oh god, oh god. Wait, he's Nazi. Wait, he's Nazi. Fuck him. <laughs> Let him die. But Wait. Um, <laughs> he's got family. <laughs> That's funny. Oh god. But yeah, man, I don't know. It's it's a movie that, you know, I feel like you can watch a few times, and the more you watch, the more you'll get out of it. Yeah. You know, you'll open up doors and be like, well, maybe this is this, and maybe that, you know. Like, the the movie is equally as straightforward as it is cryptic. Yeah. Yeah, it's very straightforward, but then you do have the ending where it's like, you know, I know what I feel like I take away from the ending. Yeah. But it may be interpreted differently by other people. Yeah. Um, you notice the ending is very similar to uh, the ending of uh, Cemetery Man? No, no. I'll tell. It's tell been you. so long since I've seen. I'll have to tell you off air, but it is. It's super similar to the Cemetery Man. Oh God! <laughs> like right, what happened? I couldn't help but be like, "Hmm, Cemetery Man." <laughs> 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 Which, if you've never seen Cemetery Man, that's a hell of a movie too. Oh, that movie's great. But but yeah, anything else you want to say about any Glass Cage before we move on? I mean, I don't know if there's really much anything else you can say about it besides it's a great movie it's brilliant it really is um and on top of that i do feel like it's a movie that probably gets the silver approval from us i think all these movies probably get the silver well, approval. Spoiler alert but <laughs> spoiler alert, all these movies are great but yeah all... I, I agree in a glass cage is like it's just a movie that like it sticks with you in multiple ways like of course <laughs> it sticks with you because it is it's messed up oh yeah you know what i mean like there's scenes in it that will like haunt you mm-hmm. for days on end after you see them like whew. Oh boy! <laughs> All I'm gonna say is that damn needle. That needle, yeah. Oh God, that, that seems horrifying. It is horrifying. I, also, this may be not necessarily a spoiler, but I feel like In a Glass Cage is the one movie out of all three of these that you can l- seriously classify as a horror. Film. It is a horror movie. Yeah. It's a different kind of a horror movie. Yes. Than your average. It's human slasher. horror. Yes, but it definitely it carries itself and it edits itself and delivers as a horror movie would. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, a very classy foreign horror movie. Yeah. But as I was saying, like, it sticks with you that way in its extremity. Because I don't think we've really touched on how, like, disturbing this movie is. This movie is disturbing. Yeah, yeah. It's one um, of the darkest films you'll ever watch as far as, like, thematically and subject matter. Well, I do feel like if we do get into a detail of why we think this we think In a Glass Cage is disturbing... We'll spoil a lot. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, there's, so, there's just so many layers to it, but it also stick with you like, man, that's just a really, really well made horror movie. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, it reminds me of something like, uh, I don't know, it's like a, it almost has like, not in its grandioso style, but in like its executions and like its themes, like almost like Come and See. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Um, there's another movie that. On on some yeah. nightmares. I, I, at night, I close my eyes and I see that kid's face. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> no sleep tonight. Nope. <laughs> but it also, like I said, also stick with you just for just being a well-made and like it'll have you thinking and be like, man, like you know, what does this mean? Why does he do this? <laughs> Why? You know, like what is the what is the meaning behind what happens with the house? And yeah, 
you know, and then of course the ending itself is very, you know, cryptic mm-hmm. and very, you know, metaphorical and has a lot of that, you know, things that you can take in many ways. You can interpret a lot of things about it. Um, I, I like my final words on In a Glass Cage. It's beautifully disgusting. Yeah, I agreed. So, love it. Yeah, it's great. It's a very good movie. Excellent movie. Masterpiece. It will it will stick with you. But yeah. I do feel like it's it's one of those movies where I, I could watch it again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you watch something that's so rough, you're like, eh, it'll be a while. Girl Next Door, for instance. Threads. Threads. Girl <laughs> Next Door. Stuff like that where you're like, man, that's just too much. <laughs> you know, like, it's too it's much. It's too real. Yeah, like, I, and Glass Cage is awful, and it's brutal, oh, yeah. and it's terrible at points. But it's just so beautifully done that, like, I feel like it. I could watch it multiple times. Almost Maybe like, not back uh, to back, but. Almost like something like Angst. Oh, God, that movie's so good. Yeah, where you're like, man, yeah. you know, like. Yeah, it's it's messed up and disturbing, but it's so good mm-hmm. that I could watch it. <laughs> right. Uh, so next up, we're gonna we're gonna move to 2009. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a jump. Bit of a jump. Released by Unearthed Films, mm-hmm. a company that we're big fans of. Yeah. We've talked to Stephen Barrow. We should we go have. back and listen to that. It's a good episode. It's a really good episode. Excuse me. I'm dying over here. <laughs> There's a bug on my arm. Boog. It's a boog. <laughs> we're not doing bug. Thank God. Oh, we're, not, we're never doing that. We one? might do bug one day. Who knows? I, I, I think I remember watching that one. I remember watching on IFC and being like, eh, whatever. I, I remember I watched this, I watched Bug as a kid and being like, how many times? <laughs> how many times my parents were like, cover your eyes. Cover your eyes. <laughs> I just been watching it and I think it's Ashley Judd that's in the movie. I could be wrong about that. Wait, what is it? Bug. Oh yeah, I think Ashley Judd's in it. I think she's the lead. Maybe I don't. It's been so I just remember the scene where she's like, "I'm the queen bug now," <laughs> <laughs> and being like, "This movie's weird." <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, like a theater performance. You know, it all takes yeah. place in this one room. Anyways, we're not reviewing bug. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's for another day. 2009's Morris County. Oh boy. Hey boy. Depression. Um, yeah, this it's got a hold of me. Depression. I got to break free. <laughs> Hell yeah, black flag. Black flag. Um. <laughs> so Morse County is an independent horror film that came out through Unearthed Films, and it's an anthology. Yes. It's three stories all revolving around basically suburbia. And Which the, will not be the last time mm. we see that, but we'll get into that later yeah. as well. But And, uh, you know, it's it takes place in suburbia, and the dark things that kind of happen behind... Seemingly normal doors, basically, which yep. is a theme we'll get into yeah. in the next movie as well. But, um, so, what I really like about this movie, the first thing is that it breaks everything into subjects. Mm-hmm. Like, subject number one. Yeah. Which, subject number one is the the story Ellie. Yeah. Which is about the girl, this girl, this teenage girl named Ellie, mm-hmm. who's, you know, she's kind of your run-in-the-mill looking for... You know, looking for her crowd, basically. She she's a teenage teenager looking for acceptance. Yes, exactly. She's looking for her group. Yeah, which I feel like, in a way, we can relate to. that. I think everybody can relate yeah. to that. And, you know, try to find. I was lucky in that, like, I found my group very early on. Um, I had friends, but it took me a little bit to find people that I was like, okay, yeah. Uh, but you know, she's trying to fit in in a couple places, and right to get to go. She wants to be smoking and drinking because that's what all the cool kids do. Yeah. And it ends up getting her taken advantage of by these two scums. Well, one super scum. Yeah. The other one kind of... He's not necessarily scummy, but he's an asshole for not 
stopping what happens to her, basically. Yeah. So the story progresses, and we learn that like it all kind of stems back to this boy, mm-hmm. who she kind of confronts in the movie at the end of the segment, and we won't spoil that because yeah. that's a massive spoiler to the segment. Right. So what do you think about the first segment, Ellie? Um, out of all three, I think it may be the weakest. I think so too. But at the same time, it in a lot of ways it is relatable. It is like very Ellie's relatable, a relatable and it's very realistic too. Yeah. Outside of maybe the ending, mm-hmm. I don't know. There, there's some things about which I don't want to spoil, and it's tough to talk about. But there's something that happens that I'm like, man, things would be a lot different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like things would look different. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. To be a little cryptic with it, if this was the case, she would look a lot different. Right. You know what I'm talking about? I think I know. The thing with the toilet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if that was the case, she would not be as skinny as she is. Well, that kind of thing got kind of spoiled. A little bit, but I think we're still vague enough that people, you know. You, you can make your own. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I feel like for some people, that might be a little bit of a trigger warning. Yeah, but <laughs> um, I still think we're okay because, I mean, our whole subject is disturbing stuff. Is messed up yeah. things. However, the next movie we will... uh yeah. We might, like I said. Anyways, we'll get to that. But yeah, yeah, like, it's very realistic, but I also feel like at times it doesn't know it, what direction it's going. I agree, yeah. It, it, it feels like, it's like, we have an idea, but... Uh, yeah, exactly. That's the best way to put it. Uh, I don't really know what we're doing with this and one. And end it. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> done. We on to the other two. Yeah. Which, like I said, it's it's very realistic in how it's like how it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, and like you're watching, you're like, damn, I know people just like this. Oh, okay, like you you just don't know how. I, I mean, I'm sure you probably have had people talk to you about their life experiences and how and how shitty life can really be. Oh yeah, which I and think that's like, the theme of this movie yeah. in general. <laughs> and, and when you hear these stories, you're you're just like, you can get a shot here. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, like I said, with this story, other than the fact it doesn't really know where it's going or what it wants to do, it's just such a real like very stark. Realistic depiction of a what what some what a pressure on a young girl can be like. Yeah, you know, like you know the fact of using your body or being accepted or being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. You know, and like the the dangers if you of what it's like to be a young female. Right. I mean, honestly, uh, you could just take it as like. How scary it can be to be a female in general. Yeah, very much so. I heard a quote, and it was like, um, you know, <laughs> what, what? why are there not, you know, when, when uh, guys break up with girls, why aren't, you know, guys more scared, right? Because mm-hmm. girls will be angry. Guys kill. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, that's the scary thought. Yeah, and we're not trying to be like pro- well, pro women, anti guy, or anti guy, yeah, yeah, pro I'm women, just saying. or pro guy, yeah. anti women. We're not that kind of people. No. And this movie doesn't really do that either, but it definitely is like the guys are the assholes in this one. Yeah. The, yeah. You know? Yeah. Which, you know, like, that's realistic. Some, you know, there's a lot of assholes out there oh my who God. are at the drop of the hat willing to take take advantage of these people. Yeah. Especially someone like that character of Ellie, mm-hmm. who's really weak. And we've all run into him. Oh, yeah. And when you run into him, you're just like, I want to put you I in a chokehold. I want to kill chokehold. you, yeah. <laughs> put you in a chokehold. Choke you unconscious, but... But, uh, yeah. Anything else you want to say about the Ellie segment? Um, I, I feel like that's about, about all. 
So, uh, subject two is the family Reuben. Yes. Which, uh, this is this Jewish family. Consists of a father, a mother, and uh, a son. Yeah. Where the well. first thing we see in the segment is this son putting mm. these mouses into this jar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we don't really know what he does to them, but we know the next time we see them, they're rat goop. <laughs> Little Jeffrey Dahmer over here. Yeah, but that's not even where the story goes weird, though. That's just a little subplot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the subplot to this story. <laughs> the plot is this mother and father are living together. Yeah. However, they're not together. They are. Ten, I would say ten, they're separated. Separated, but they're they're holding up this facade that they're this happy. Um, probably for the kid. Yeah. But or just because, like, you know, they're going to church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. They don't want... Well, yeah. Well, I don't know if a Sunday It's a Jewish church. I don't really know a whole lot about... Uh, we're not schooled on... <laughs> Judaism? <laughs> yeah, Judaism. <laughs> yeah, we really um, don't know a lot about most religions, honestly. All I know <laughs> is people tend to try to go after them, and I don't understand why, and I never <laughs> think I ever will. <laughs> we never will, yeah. Um... <laughs> But, you know, they're going to church. They got their social standings. You know, sometimes you hold this facade together because, you know, you don't want people to be looking at you. But they are. Like, yeah. the seams are starting to show. Yep. This wife's basically cucking him. <laughs> Son of a bitch. It's true. Cucking him. It's oh, true. I was not prepared for it's that. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Because she's with this other guy. Yes. And he knows it. And they even talk about it with his son. <laughs> She's like, do you like, do you like whatever his name is? Oh and he's like, God. no, son, I don't. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not at all. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, man, that's messed up, you know? Well, but th- things aren't what they seem because um, the father has something. That yeah. He, he's the father's hiding some hidden homosexual urges. Yeah. Which is interesting because, uh, like, I feel like you know people who aren't able, you know, not yeah. necessarily willing, but they feel like they're not able to come out and express who they are, yeah. can build up a lot of uh, aggression, <laughs> a lot of aggression and a lot of fear. Because, like, you know, you can't be who you want to be because you're afraid of what people will say. So, like, right. you're like holding this in. I mean, look at guys like John Wayne Gacy. Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, yeah. you know, the, these guys that they were homosexuals. Not saying that if they were like, hey, I'm gay, they wouldn't have killed those people. Well. But it didn't help. <laughs> you know, like, it's terrible. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's rough. That's one of those things that this that's yeah. this segment really captures is like, you know, he's clearly gay. Yeah. But he can't accept it. Yeah. He, he's, like, tortured. Yeah, he's a self-hating gay man, which is like, Jesus. That's tragic, you know? <laughs> that you can't be comfortable in your own... Sorry, just the way you said that. Self-hating gay man. Self-hating gay man. Sounds like a punk rock band. <laughs> it does, yeah. <laughs> but it's just a damn shame. It's it's such a tragic story yeah, because it's, it's like, sad. you know, if he could just be like, hey, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Let's divorce. You go do your thing. I do your thing. Everything would have been better. But because he can't let that ideal of Americana family, you know what I mean? He's yeah. like, oh, this is wrong because I'm Jewish, because of my faith. This is wrong. Yeah. You know? God, it's, it is messed up. Yeah. Really and then it all up. culminates in a very tragic mm-hmm. incident, <laughs> if you will. You probably guess what happens. Don't want to spoil it, though. Uh, yeah. It's. Um, God, 
Sorry, I'm dying over here. <laughs> <laughs> this is the last episode. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> 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 This is honestly my favorite segment in in the film. Yeah, because it really tackles a topic. Tackles. (laughs) It tackles a topic that I really like, which is that breakdown of of Americana. Yeah, that that the the death of the American family. Yeah, exactly. It's that's a subject that I like a lot, like Douglas Buck, for instance. Isn't the name of a Manson album? What is it? Death of the American Family. Is it? I, I think, think it's, it's just a, called American Family or Portrait of American Family. Okay, yeah. You know, remember in Beyond the Valley, he's like, "Is that a Portrait of American Family?" Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I got a bunch of them. In- <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to get to them. Oh they? yeah, yeah. I can't wait to talk about those movies either. But uh, it's it's like you know the Douglas Buck stuff. Yeah. You know, cutting moments, and there's other films that you know tackle this ideal. It's a subject that I like a lot, just mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, I grew up with a mom, a dad, three sisters, and everything was. Hunky dory. Yeah. So to see that turn on its head and like, we wanted to be hunky dory. Yeah. But it ain't working and it's driving me to murder. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's making me think that uh, nothing's gonna go right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, like, well, here we go. That's a, that's <laughs> just the subject matter that I like a lot and a story that I really appeals to me. Well, I mean, you can go back to you know about him, but you know his character traits. I mean, you can go, he has like roots in like John Wayne Gacy almost, because yeah. he, he has this family life, mm-hmm. and he has this very uh, public life. Yeah. Uh, but then he has to carry this secret inside, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because there's a great yeah. scene where like he goes to go rent a, a movie, a pornographic movie, and he meets <laughs> this gay guy, and like he's almost able yeah. to like let it go, but he can't, and again, it leads to violence, mm-hmm. you know? And the acting in this one is my favorite performances. The the lead male, the the dad of the family, mm-hmm. does such a good job in this film. It's so tragic and so oh, sad yeah. to watch him just literally fall to pieces. All these characters do a great job. Yeah, they're fantastic. It, it's a, it's an excellent segment. It's shot well. It's 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 edited well, mm-hmm. and it just uh, it flows perfectly and it goes pretty much exactly like you think it's gonna go, but not in a negative way. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've like dominated this conversation on this subject so you go ahead and well i mean give your piece on it as well (laughs) i mean i I agree with you Mm -hmm. i mean i I don't know if it's my favorite segment i think my favorite segment's coming up yeah but um the the the, i mean the whole the the aspect of like seeing the the american family fall through is a very tragic story but at the same time it's very fascinating because Mm -hmm. you know i'm not gonna sit here and say that everything was hunky dory (laughs) at home because there were things that you know, that we're beyond control. Yeah, that happened, which I don't know if I need. I don't think I need to get into that. But um, it wasn't like this. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't like this. But um, it just. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say because, mm. I mean, you, you pretty much nailed it. It's so. like, and this is going to sound terrible. Yeah, and I don't mean this to sound terrible. Okay. but I, seeing stuff like this makes me thankful that I am. A straight white male, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because the the ridicule and the and the and the um, um how do you want to say? Looking for a word, help me, Matt. Ridicule and like um, demonization and like prejudice. persecution, prejudice of like homosexuals yeah. and uh, like it's it's shocking. It's you know very I mean? shocking. I mean, to the, to this day, yeah. And you know, and big up on anybody who's like. 
this is what I am. Yeah. If you don't like it, kiss my ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> Big on them because that's a brave, bold thing to do. Yeah. But I don't think in this day and age, it's like people don't really realize like how brave it is to come out of the closet. Oh yeah. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. And you know, like, you should, some places it is, but like, there's places around here where it's like, you know, there's gay guys that come in my store, and I hear people talk behind their back. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like this is 2019, dogs. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, seeing stuff like this, like, seeing this guy having to repress this inside, he's like, man, I'm, I am thankful that I'm a straight white male. Right. <laughs> you know, like, right. I really was gifting, like, the, the genetic lottery ticket. <laughs> genetic lottery <laughs> like I said, I do not mean that in a mean way at all. I feel for the people who, you know, have to deal with that kind of shit. Yeah. I mean, as, as someone in school who had a lot of friends who were gay, a lot of them had to fight. And it's for, not just gay, too. It's yeah. like, you know... People of different races and creeds oh, and colors yeah, 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 and religions yeah. and sexualities, you know. Like, the, the, one of my friends, who I still talk to every now and then, but, you know, because high school, after afterwards, you don't really talk to each other as Mustache much. Is this, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Sorry, weird. go ahead. But, um, <laughs> no, I mean, really, yeah. there were many times he had to literally fight people because of his sexuality. And yeah. that, and I think that's something that the story does. That's something that the story does really well. Yeah. Is to show that you know this guy was just will just able to accept what he was and be able to come out and be like, hey, that's yeah. what I am. Maybe uh, things wouldn't have unfolded as tragically as they did. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and but, if this is bumming you out, well, that's what this movie does. <laughs> that's what all three of these movies will do to you. <laughs> so, uh, subject I, three is yeah. called Elmer and Iris. Oh Jesus. Yep. And this is this was on the cover. This is the one they sell the movie on, basically. Yeah. Well, there's a reason. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's definitely a reason. Iris is this older lady mm-hmm. who's been working this job for many years, but they're letting her go, retiring her. Yeah. Because she just doesn't have the technological savvy to keep up with the company no more. Because they're bringing in more advanced. Yeah. Computers. God dang computers taking her jobs. <laughs> the robots are taking over. <laughs> Wake up, people. Like the janitorial positions, they're being took by robots, robots. now. <laughs> These big, like jewel vape looking robots. <laughs> <laughs> Cashier <laughs> positions are being taken over by robots. AI is gonna kill us. Wake up, people! <laughs> Wake up, sheep. <laughs> Anyways, oh god. Um, so she's oh. being let go. We're running long on this one, too. Oh, are we? Yeah, we're about 48 minutes already. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, we used to keep oh. these about an hour and change, but Woo. it's all right. Um, so Iris is being let go from this company, and they're like, you know, go live out your twilight years. Yeah. She goes home to her husband, Elmer. Which, <laughs> Elmer. We don't get much about Elmer. <laughs> he is not doing nobody shit. Yeah, nah. He don't seem like a bad guy, necessarily. He he seems like he, he's, he's one of those people we, we all know him. They're just tired they, of shit. They're just like, I'm old. I'm done. I'm done. I'm fed up with this shit. Let me, just let me live out my days. Yeah. <laughs> so they're watching TV together. Which they're watching this hilarious show. Oh my god! I was laughing. Realidate, I think, is what it's called. Yeah, Realidate. It, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> they did such a good job of making it look like yeah. a bad, like '90s era reality TV show. It looks yeah. just like one of those bad dating shows. It looks like one of the. It, it looks just as bad as like Flavor Flav's like dating show, <laughs> or, or like a Demer Blonde Date and shit like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> one of those dumbass shows. So. Elmer's gonna stay up and watch TV, and Iris goes to bed. Yeah. When Iris wakes up in the morning, well, Elmer's dead. He's he's dead as fuck. He is D E A D, dead. Oh well. And uh, she kind of just starts going about her morning routine, which to me is the most tragic part of this mm. film, because it's like, all right, she's already lost one 
aspect of her normal life. Yeah. This job that she's been doing forever. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to work every day and you come home. That's a routine. She's lost that. Then this other seemingly normal aspect of her life where she goes home to her husband and they eat together and they watch yeah. TV together. Now that's taken away from her too and she can't come to grips with reality. With reality. I mean, this segment portrays grief so horrifically. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, this is what happens when somebody can't handle it. Yeah. yeah. She just goes about her normal life. Oh. She acts as though Elmer isn't gone. She even starts putting potpourri around the house. Yep. You know, and fly strips. You know. Mm-hmm. And it, but eventually it gets to the point where Elmer ain't holding up so well. <laughs> Elmer ain't looking good. Elmer, Elmer ain't doing so good. No, Elmer looking bad. <laughs> and uh, she's kind of Elmer's forced <laughs> to deal with. Sorry. It's an Elmer. <laughs> what? It's like Elmer over. Elmer's over there on the couch looking like a damn pickle. <laughs> Elmer looking like a Weathers original. That's <laughs> been in the sun too long. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, I'm going to pass out. <laughs> Got <all> headed. <laughs> so, you know, and eventually she kind of is forced to come to terms with what's happening. And the way she handles it is not good. <laughs> we'll just leave no, it at that. No. So uh, this is your favorite segment, I believe. Yes. So you want to you go ahead because I really dominated the conversation in that last one. So <laughs> you go ahead and give your thoughts um, on it first. It just, I mean, we all go through grief. Yeah, everybody. Grief is a normal part of life. Yep. But it can become too much at a certain point, and this shows how scary that can be, and just how damaged the human mind can come to. Yeah, because. She goes. She she just lives like her normal life. When you got your dead husband is on the couch, yeah, rotting. Yeah, I think it also shows too, like how tragic, like the quote unquote golden years, yeah, of a person's life can really be. And they're like, oh, go live your golden years. That's not necessarily golden. Yeah, you know, some people, you know, the elderly, you know, we get a lot of elderly people coming to where I work, want yeah. a part time job because they just can't stand it. They can't stand just being home. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's another aspect of this film, too. It's like, you know, not only is she not have a job no more, but now she's alone. Yeah. You know, and it's like, what, is she, what do you do? What, yeah, what do you do? You know, you have nowhere to turn to. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's scary. Yeah. It, it, it's probably, the, like in my mind, it's probably one of... The, the the saddest segments. Yeah, definitely. Because it's just, you know, the the the, the mind is easily, it can be easily distorted. Oh, it yeah. It can be easily messed with. Mm-hmm. And when you have two changes happen in your life that are this quick, this drastic. Yeah. Who knows what you, what you can do. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Or, or what can happen. Uh, I also want to give out that the, the, uh, the Elmer... Corpse, yeah, looks amazing. Yeah, um, it looks unreal. Yeah, it like it looked good. Yeah, it's very frightening. It's very stark. <sighs> Gross. <laughs> looks like a Weathers original band left out in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> There's one part in particular that I nearly threw up. It's gross. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. The the, the vomit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, like, oh, <laughs> not good. But yeah, like it's just a real tragic story, 
Uh, it's also edited and like shot very much like a Leave It to Beaver, like <laughs> yeah. classic television style. It really is, yeah. With all this like, Elmer's just dead ass on yeah, the couch, which I think adds a lot to it as well. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's a very good segment. Like yeah. I said, my first segment is the second one, but I can see why people would be like, "This is my favorite segment." The special effects are crazy. They're very and good. The concept is so dark and. Well, they're not very real. Yeah, it's yeah. Very I mean, it's like, this is things that have happened. There've been people yes. who live with their dead, like family members in their houses for days yeah. on end because they just can't come to the terms that they're gone. That's oh, that's frightening. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, oh. so oh, yeah. God. So, anything else you want to say about Morris County before we wrap it up? It's a great movie, and I don't know if many people really know about it. Yeah, because I looked at like um, Letterbox and. Not a ton of reviews on it. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty underrated little gem, man. Yeah, uh, it it's one of those weird things where it does and doesn't fit an Earth's lineup. Yeah, because it does because it is extreme and it is dark. It's very dark, yes. But it also doesn't because it's not. I mean, it is a horror movie for necess- but it also isn't a horror movie. I mean, it's it's very much a drama. It's a very depressing dark drama. Yeah. So, but yeah, go check it out. It it's it's well worth yeah. your time. It's an excellent. Little low budget movie that mm-hmm. you know needs more views. Yes, uh, but don't go into it think you're gonna have a good time. No, um, I would say have a palate cleanser for all three <laughs> of these movies if you decide to watch them. <laughs> if you, if you go to watch Morris County, you're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch in a glass cage, you're gonna have you're gonna a bad time. Ha- you're gonna have a bad time. But speaking of a bad time, yeah. yeah. So this is a sick on cinema first. I mean, we've talked about pornography. Yes. And I think we did kind of give like a little warning that it was going to be sexually explicit. Yes. Uh, but um, I don't know if we're going to have a warning like this. And who knows how long it'll be before we do one again. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about this movie. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's not overly graphic. In no. fact, it doesn't show a whole lot of anything. No, it, it it shows very little. Very little as far as like gore or violence or sexual stuff. But it's one of those movies, we all know them, we all love them, where... It insinuates things, and yeah. it... <laughs> that's enough. So this is your warning. Yes. We're going to be discussing things involved in this movie that are absolutely horrific. Yeah. This is the most morbid of realities. Yes. This is a movie that, you know, to me, is equally parts funny. Yeah. And shockingly disturbing. Yeah. Like, there is one... It's an anthology as well, and well, there is... I would say the majority of the other segments in this are re- relatively tame. They're tamer. Tamer. I com- mean, they're tamer in comparison. Yeah. Compared to one segment in particular. Yes. Which is horrific. And this is 1998 with an absolute all-star cast. Oh, yeah. It is one of the most infamous movies ever made. Yeah. It is happiness. Oh, my God. <laughs> the- I didn't know what I was getting myself into. This movie has a segment in it. Because it's an anthology, but it's an anthology in the way Pulp Fiction is an anthology. Or Trick or Treat is an mm-hmm. anthology. Where it's these stories that all take place separately, but they all do kind of intertwine. And they also go back and forth. Yes. But, yeah, oh God. Oh, oh, I don't even know where to start. So, I think go we'll ahead. just go ahead and give the plot for Happiness. Yeah. Happiness tells a story of basically... It focuses mainly on three individuals, but there are other sub-characters yeah. that we meet along the way that tie into them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did get us a nice list here, so I remember their names. Okay. We have uh, Joy, 
Yeah. Joy is a, a lady who we meet at the very beginning who is having lunch with her boyfriend, mm-hmm. and she breaks up with him, and it's a hilariously awkward, <laughs> yeah. weird scene. And Joy is basically, she, her whole thing in the movie, she's just kind of trying to find her way. Joey's character, like, either I think you'll have your own words on it later. Yeah, but well, I think I we like can she, get into each each story and yeah. kind of break them down as we go. She's the most relatable, I think. I think she is. Yeah. Um. So basically, she's just trying to kind of find her way, looking for a boyfriend. Yeah. She kind of decides to start teaching English. Mm-hmm. Uh. It, but but she's like a scab. Yeah. Which if you don't know what a scab is, it's a person that comes in when uh, workers are on strike. Yeah. Um, um, and she meets this Russian guy, and you know things kind of seem like maybe they're going to work out for her. But this is happiness. <laughs> well, I mean, this, her story is little, it's literally her trying to find happiness. Yeah, which that's what all three of these stories technically are. Come on, but they progress mm. in darkness. You know what I mean? It, yeah, but Joy's is just. Unfortunate circumstances kind of lead her down a path of weirdness. Not necessarily anything crazy dark. She meets this Russian guy. He seems like the the string boat for her. Uh, but then he's kind of not who he th- you think he is. That's her story, basically. He's he's kind of an ass. He's kind of an ass. But um, who was the the ex boyfriend's name? I can't remember his name, but he's played by John Lovitz. John, like, what I know John Lovitz from is he's, like, in every Adam Sandler movie <laughs> <Yeah>. ever. <laughs> yeah, Or every, is. like, MTV movie ever. Yeah, yeah. He also and used to have a show called The Critic as a cartoon. Yeah. Where he's like, I don't like it. <laughs> he, like, in all those movies, he's, like, the best character in all of them. Yeah. But. He's great in this, too. There's this <laughs> awesome scene where he gives her this bowl oh that he's God. made out of gold and, like, engraved. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'll cherish it forever. And he's like, no, you won't. He's like, rips it from her yeah, he's like, this is for the girl who loves me. Loves me for who I am, not what I look like. <laughs> They're just like sitting in this lovely restaurant, just like in total silence, just like looking at their plates. I'm yeah. like, like it's funny. That's funny. But then later it gets even better because like the they get a phone call from the mother of this guy. Yeah. Like, he's dead. Yeah, he's killed himself. <laughs> and she's like she's like, they he killed himself. And it's like who was he? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they work in the same damn office. Yeah, it's like, oh god, I don't. Who was he? Was he the guy in the corner, the one no. with the pock marks? No, no. no. Oh, uh, <laughs> I mean that's basically Joy's story. I mean we can get it. We can kind of talk about what we like and dislike about it. Yeah. Before we move on to the next one, and I guess it also shows how dark the comedy is because someone committed suicide. Yeah, yeah. That's the comedy in this yeah. movie. I would say her segment is the, like almost the comic relief of the movie in yeah. a weird way. Yeah. Because like all of her circumstances, like yeah, they suck for her. Yeah. But they're not as bad as these other. Two. Yeah, not as bad as the rest of them. <sighs> okay. But you know, we meet her sisters along the way too, and they're weird. Mm. You know, one is married to someone else. We're gonna talk about soon. Motherfucker. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> um, and Bad. she's like, she's much like the family Reuben segment. She's trying to hold on to this ideal of the all-American family when, yeah. like, things are not necessarily no. good. No. But she wants to hold on to it. And her other sister is this writer who writes all these, like, graphic sexual books. And she's yeah. like, oh, if only I was raped, I could write better. Yeah. Oh, and you're like, oh, what a piece of shit. This traumatic thing that people go through. You're yeah. Just, you're wanting it to happen so you can have inspiration. Yeah. What's wrong with you? So our next oh, person God. of interest mm-hmm. is Alan. Yeah. Played by the amazing, late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. 
This is the first movie I've watched with him in it. He and is. I mean, like, if you don't know about Philip Seymour Hoffman, he's in Capote. He's in Red Dragon. Yeah. He is a hell of an actor. Oh like, my god. The dude is. He gives a hundred and twenty percent every movie he ever did. He's always, you know, one of those guys that people look at as one of the greats. You know, tragic death, of course, but uh, he <laughs> he plays Alan. Which okay. Alan's got issues. <laughs> Alan's got some problems. Yeah, <laughs> Alan is definitely a sexual pervert Very, who gets yeah. off calling women. Yeah, we meet him because he's in therapy, which is a great scene because the doctor is not paying attention to him at all. She's like, he's like, which, well, I'm pretty sure doesn't the doctor play a little bit of a the doctor doesn't he play a little bit of a role? Oh, later? we're gonna talk about him soon. Motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So like he's like confessing all these things. He's like I just, I just want to grab her. I just want to grab her and throw her down and just start pressing into her and thrusting. <laughs> and, like he's telling all these crazy things and he's like sitting there like I don't really want lamb for dinner. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. He's not listening he to like, him. And it just like cuts back to Alan. He's like I just want to keep going until it comes out of her ears <laughs> or it comes out of her mouth. <laughs> I don't know if it's not possible, but maybe the next time I'll see her, I'll just tell her. Maybe I'll just tell her I like. <laughs> it's and it's weird. just like it's so funny. So we follow Alan, and Alan is just looking for someone. Yeah, you know, he's kind of a lonely dude who. Um, <laughs> he's just a weird pervert, though. Lo- he's a lonely pervert. Yeah, and there's this lady who's his next door neighbor who keeps coming to his house and being like, "Hey." The landlord got murdered, and like giving all these details about, but she just like leaves before yeah. like she finishes her story. Then she comes back and like, yeah, they also chop his penis off and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole time while he's calling these women, being like, come, come, comes out your ears. Yeah, he's like vigorously like jerking. <laughs> the best scene with Alan is he calls up Joy, which yeah. again, you know, the crossover of the stories, yeah. and he's like. She's like, hey, you know, I heard we had a blind date because she thinks it's some guy he's gotten set, yeah, she's gotten yeah. set up with. And he's like, yeah, yeah, wait, what are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> and this is going to get graphic, folks. Okay. Because I'm going to go through this because it's too funny not to talk about. Yeah, go, go ahead, John. He's like, she's like, well, I'm wearing, you know, jeans and a T-shirt. He's like, what are, you, what are you wearing underneath it? And she's like, this ain't Damien, is it? He's like, are you wearing... Oh! It's so funny, yeah. but it's awful. It's awful. <laughs> it's so awful, but it's so funny at the same time. When I saw that scene, like I'm not gonna lie to you, I laughed so hard I nearly passed out. <laughs> Are you wet? Oh, shakes <laughs> up on him. <laughs> but so um, funny. It's so good. But like he starts getting in this like he starts getting. What are you looking at? The door. Oh, <laughs> the door's all messed up. He like starts getting like stalked himself. <laughs> door's goofed. I, I need a new door. Um, he starts getting stalked himself <laughs> by this girl. By the sister. By the sister because like because she's like fascinated by him because she thinks that he's like this rapist or something. Yeah, but he's not really a rapist. He's just a pervert. Yeah, he just. Like, and then like he starts <laughs> dating the girl who tells him about the. The, the landlord getting yeah. murdered, and then she's got this weird dark secret. And, it, you know, his segment is, like, the step forward in, like, depravity. Yeah. Like, Joy's segment is, like, just comical with some tragedy, but nothing too crazy. Like, if it was in a movie of its own, then it would not be It'd on It'd just be the list. weirdest dramedy ever. Yeah. You know, it'd be the weirdest rom-com ever to exist. It would be, like, 
Like, if it was just her segment in a movie, it would be like Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Almost. And if his segment was just a movie, it'd be like an Adam Sandler movie, but with a lot more, like, dirty phone calls and jerking off. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But then we get to the main event. Oh, the main event. And this, uh, this is going to contain spoilers because we have to talk about certain key scenes. So if you've not seen Happiness and you want to, turn it off, go watch it. Like, if it, like you say this is the main event, right? Yeah. Like, all those other ones, all those other segments. I, I, that's the undercard. That's that's you know you, your undercard boxers. This is Mike Tyson versus somebody. <laughs> no, I was gonna say this is a this is Kevin Nash versus Mabel because you don't want this. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> this is like Zeus and Abdul. The yeah, you're like nobody wanted this to happen, but Who it's going down. Here it is, and you're gonna enjoy it in a weird way, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if I'm not going to say But this is where the warning comes in as far as content goes this is and bad. spoiler alert. So, like I said, if you've never seen Happiness and you want to before you hear this, go watch it. Yeah. If you don't care about spoilers or you've seen Happiness, welcome. <laughs> um, Are yeah. you okay? One, Do you need to talk? <laughs> yeah. One final warning. This is bad. This is bad. This is real. <laughs> this is bad. This is where shit hits the Dylan fan. Baker. Yeah. Who again is a very fantastic actor? Mm-hmm. He plays Doctor Maplewood. Oh no! Doctor Maplewood is the psychiatrist that Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is seeing. Yeah, it all goes together. Our introduction to him is a dream he's having, where he walks out into a field on a sunny day mm-hmm. and just starts shooting people. That's what we're introduced. That's our to. introduction to Doctor Maplewood. Nineteen ninety-eight. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're fresh on the heels of, like, Columbine. Columbine came out. Uh, what? Come Columbine out. came out. <laughs> Jesus. It's release date. <laughs> it's awful. Call <laughs> what happened was, it like, it happened in 99, oh. right? Oh, God. That's awful. I didn't mean to say that. I don't know what Columbine happened now. I'm so distracted. I think it was, I think it was 99. It came, it came out. Well, we're talking movies. So I was just like, it came out. And, oh, it had oh a very bad God. box office. Huh? It had a bad box <laughs> office. <laughs> it was a real flop. <laughs> oh. Anyways, so that's our introduction to Dr. Maplewood. So Dr. Maplewood is married to one of the Sisters of Joy. And he has a couple kids. One of his kids is odd. But he's not, like, super weird. No. It, he's he, just... He's, He's growing, yeah, and he doesn't understand his body or what it, things mean. Like, for <laughs> What's instance, going on? and again, this is going to get graphic, folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he asks his dad, "What does come mean?" Yeah. And his dad kind of just explains it to him, which his dad's a doctor, so it does, it makes sense. It's not weird that he would explain it. You know what I mean? It gets weird. Well, yeah, but it's not weird because he's a, he's a, he's a therapist. He understands that you don't need to like. You know, you don't need to be like, come, is the magic that happens in your body. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, just like, oh, he's very medical about it, very much yeah. like, hey, this is what this is. You know what I mean? And he's like, they start talking about the fact he's never ejaculated before. And he's like, well, it'll happen for you. You know, don't worry about it. <sighs> but we quickly learn that Dr. Maplewood has a certain sexual fetish that is uh, not good. He's a pedophile. He's into boys. He's into little boys. Uh, we find this out because he grabs a kid's magazine and... <laughs> vigorously. <laughs> yeah, vigorously masturbates to it. In the car. Yeah. In the public. While kids walk by. Yeah. That's what we're That's what we're looking at. This, but it gets worse. This movie, <laughs> this director, 
is so wrong <laughs> in so many ways, but so right. The first victim of Dr. Maplewood oh, is uh, is his friend, is his son's friend. Yeah. And uh, the first time he sees him, they play it like a damn sitcom romantic comedy where they see their love interest. It's like, and like the light gets brighter yeah. on his face and he's just like, he's like grabs the fence looking at him and I'm giggling. I can't help it. It's terrible. I <laughs> yeah. shouldn't laugh at this, but I'm like, this is so wrong. Like this is terrible. This is fucked up. This is terrible in yeah. so many ways, but God dang it. He's done it in a way that makes it funny. <sighs> but if it just stayed at that, it would have been like, that's a sick joke, but, Whatever. Dark yeah. humor. Moving on. That's not where it ends, folks. It gets way worse. It gets way worse. To the point where they can't even keep up a comedic charade. Yeah. His segment does not end funny. No. Does not end funny. It ends awfully. So, basically, what you expect happens. He molests and rapes <sighs> two of his son's friends. Fuck. <laughs> so, it before we talk Christ. about the grand finale of the whole segment... Just let's get into our overall thoughts about happiness. Okay. Um, are you starting? Or? It don't matter. I don't even know what to say <laughs> with this movie. Um, this movie is like the definition of mixed emotions. Yeah. But I love this movie. I think it's a fantastic it's a movie. It's a film. Yeah. Honestly, because the way it transitions from each segment, it it shows how dark life can really be. But yeah. At the same time. It has a sense of humor about it, yeah. you know, which I think is good because I think this movie didn't have a sense of humor. You'd want to open your wrists up at the end of it. <laughs> it's like in a glass cage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, it's just, it's so wrong on so many levels. Like, it, it, it Fuck. you know, like I said, like we were talking about it and like, I feel like we may need to leave a disclaimer. Yeah. We've never done this no. for anything. We've talked about some of the worst movies ever made as far as like graphic content. We've talked. August Underground Mortem. Mortem. Which ha- is some of the most fucked up movies ever. We started made. this podcast with Angel's Melancholy. Yeah. And I didn't feel like we needed to put a disclaimer at the beginning of it. This movie's different. This movie, because it does it so realistically. Yeah. This is. Not like, realistic, like, you know, August Underground is realistic. Yeah. And it's like, you know, what it wants to do. But it shows you stuff. Where this movie, it doesn't show you much of anything. Mm hmm. But what it does show and what it insinuates is horrific. And goes through the motions of what it is, you know, what a child rape is like. Ugh. You know what I mean? Like having the kid just being like, I don't feel good the next day. Yeah. To being like, Mom, there's blood in my stool and my butt hurts. <sighs> to being taken to the hospital, you know. And it's just like, it's gut-wrenching. Yeah. This is shit you do not ever want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> you never want to hear this. During that entire segment that you were just talking about, I sat with my jaw dropped. You're just wide-eyed like, oh. I was like, this <laughs> is this is awful. This it is just, awful. It handles the subject matter in such a realistic way yeah. that it's, oh my God. And you know? The, the family's even worse when you add that to it. Yeah. Because they're so unaware of everything. Yeah. They think everything is perfect. Everything's hunky dory. I don't. I don't even know what else to say about this. Because <laughs> happiness is not happy. No, but it does have a sense of humor about it. 
Yeah. You know, you add in like like I said, like, oh, you, oh, you wet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like and and stuff just, like that. Philip Seymour Hoffman busting a nut. Yeah. And like the weird twist of the Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. segment where you're <laughs> like, what in the world? What is happening? Yeah. Yeah. But it blends everything so perfectly that like no matter how shocking and awful the Dr. Maplewood segments yeah. is, you can't help but enjoy the movie. Mm-hmm. Because it's like this is such a well done. Like what, what was uh, Maplewood the, the actor's name? Uh, Bill. Oh shit! If you ask me, I could told you. Hold on, give me five seconds. <laughs> Dylan Baker. <laughs> Dylan Baker has balls to take this role. Balls. Because this could have been a career-ending role. Absolutely, one hundred, lutely. Because <laughs> who? Who is going to take this role? To portray a pedophile yeah. more realistically than any other portrayal ever. Yeah. Like, you know, you've seen movies where the serial killer is supposed to be a pedophile. Hell, we watched a movie just recently called M. Yeah. That's a fantastic movie, by the way. Oh, amazing movie. <laughs> Masterpiece in its own right. Yeah. But it doesn't portray it realistically. No. It portrays it as like he's this like monster stalking these children. Yeah. yeah. Dylan Baker ain't that. No. Dylan Baker's the dad next door. Which that's <laughs> so scary. Yeah, but that's the realistic nature of it. This, Dr. Mabel was the reason I will never have kids. Because <laughs> of some of a bitches like this. So I think we both highly, highly recommend Happiness, though. Oh my God, it's an amazing movie. It's an but... amazing movie. Don't let us scare you off of watching it. It's no. going to be rough. <laughs> Them water's going to be rough. <laughs> Yeah. You're going to be like, we're on overboard, boys. <laughs> like, I think for a while we said one of the roughest movies we've ever talked about in this podcast was Threads. Threads. How dark it is. Yes. This movie's up there. Threads is still worse to me. Because of, I mean. <laughs> I, Threads just took me so off guard. Yeah. I'd seen Happiness. Yeah. So far as like covering movies on the podcast, Threads is still up there because like, I didn't see Threads coming. No. And Threads ruined my day. <laughs> it, I was paranoid. Yeah. Threads. <laughs> But After watching this movie, I was just depressed. But, and again, it's just that one segment. The rest yeah. of the segment, if you take that segment out, this is just the weirdest romantic comedy ever made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? This like, is like if the guys who made the show Jam did a romantic comedy. Yeah. Well, not even necessarily because it's, like, it's not even that dark. Like the Philip Seymour Hoffman stuff is just weird. <laughs> just weird. Okay. You're just like, he's just a pervert. He doesn't yeah. seem harmful to anybody. Yeah. In fact, he like meets somebody later on, and like nothing happens. It, like, it's just like the phone calls are just gross. They're just gross. He's just a weird guy. Yeah. He's just a pervert. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know. So you take all that out, you just got the strangest romantic comedy ever made. But this one segment, if you did take it out, I feel like this movie would be incomplete. It would not be as infamous. That is for damn sure. Yeah. Because this segment, it solidified this movie in many people's minds as one of the the most disturbing. And I think I think what really knocks it home is what we're about to talk about, which is the final scene of Doctor Maple Woods. Oh my god! And this is the big spoiler. If you don't want to, if you don't want to hear this, no. get out of here. So eventually, he gets caught, and you know people start writing pervert on his house and things like that. It's spray paint on his house is like a pedophile, serial rapist, something like that. Yeah. And uh, his son confronts him. Yeah. And he comes in and he's like. Dad, is is what they say true? Are you a pervert? And he's like, yes, son. And he's like, what did you do? And the line that haunts me forever 
is he looks at his son. He said, I made love to them. That line chilled me to the bone when I saw this movie <laughs> for the first time. Second time, I'm like, I saw, it, I knew it was coming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was able to brace myself. Yeah. Again, this is the first time I've ever watched this movie. Yeah. And when that that line is delivered, I my skin crawls. Yeah. And the part that like really knocks because he like he's like I made love to them. But I fucked he, them. Ugh. Right. Yeah. Uh. And he his son just it there. And his son's like, Would you would you have fucked me? No, no. And he says, No. I would have jerked off instead. <laughs> that scene <sighs> is the most chilling, haunting, depressing, depraved thing we might have ever covered on this show. Yeah. And it doesn't show anything. It's not graphic. No. It's not doesn't have gore, doesn't have full penetration shit. We've covered shit with real penetration. Yeah. Nothing is as close as that little moment. Yeah. Of being like that fucked up. Something else that's terrifying with this movie is his escalation. Mm hmm. Like how far he escalates in a short amount of time. Dylan Baker. Should have won an Oscar for this movie. I see why they didn't give him the Oscar. Well, because he's playing a pedophile. But he should have won an Oscar for this role. Because he's it is... playing a pedophile who said that he would have just jerked off to his own son. Yeah. There's no way they're giving him an Oscar for no, that. No, but he deserved it because he, he does it, yeah. an unbelievable job yes. in that movie. <laughs> I saw him in something recently, right? Mm-hmm. And I could not unsee it. Yeah. I mean, you said earlier, what a what balls on this man yeah. to take this role on. And I, I'm pretty sure this is not like one of his first roles. I'm pretty sure he no. was a, an established actor at this point. Fuck. You know, so to be like, yeah, I'm taking this role because, yeah, it's a hard role and yeah. it's brutal, but it's also important to see that the <laughs> the rapist isn't always the yeah. in the background. It's your it's, neighbor. It's your neighbor. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's an important role. It's 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 a ballsy role. You know, man, it's there's, insane. There's one thing I like to a, a quote. That I would like to say here. Yeah. George Romero yep. once said that he said that the real horror is next door. Yep. He's That's al- what's scary. I was always like, I was always more afraid of my neighbors than. Yeah. <laughs> These three movies really show that. Yep. Showcase that amazingly. Yep. That sometimes, like, you don't know a person. You, no. You do not know people. Angelo looks like a normal young boy. Yeah. Uh, the Rubin family seems like an all-American family, mm-hmm. and Doctor Maplewood and Alan seem like just ordinary office workers. Yep, and you got two variants of perverts. Yep, but there you go. Huh. Depression is the name of this episode. Um, so <laughs> go have you a beer. If you partake in the alcohol drinking mm-hmm. or the 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 <laughs> the Kush smoking. <laughs> 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 then go get you a drink. Go fire you up a bowl. Mm. Try to pretend the role ain't as fucked as it is. Yeah. <laughs> go watch <some> cat videos. Because <laughs> that's what I want to do after watching these movies. But they're all three really, really, really good movies. These three movies are masterpieces in their own right. Yeah. I, I think Happiness is the one I think gets the biggest stamp. Because, I mean, there's Oscar-worthy performances. Oh, my God, yeah. It's one of like the most well-made movies we've ever reviewed. 
Yeah. And I'm, with, like, the biggest actors we've ever reviewed, too, probably. Did they release, too? I don't think so. I think it was limited. Oh, God. I don't think... There's no way a studio would have went wide with this movie. Especially with the people in it, like Dylan Baker and Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. and John Lovitz and, like... There's no way they would have went wide with this movie. Hell, we didn't even talk about the story of the of the husband and wife struggling with the divorce. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, all that takes a back seat to Dylan, that one Yeah, segment. it does. It really does. But don't let uh, that confuse and make it sound like the rest of the movie isn't good. The re- it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. The way it's edited, the, the acting. Oh, I about died. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing movies, all three of them. I mean, like, here's the thing. I, you know, what we talked about earlier. I could watch it in a glass cage again because yeah. it's dark and the subject matter is brutal and it gets, it does get graphic at times. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh god, oh Jesus, <laughs> oh Lord. But happiness is one that, like, I'll break it out every couple years. I honestly, if if I don't have to, I don't know if I'm ever gonna watch this movie again. I'll break it out every couple years and put it in and be like. Yep, still rough. <laughs> it's just as bad as it was the first time. Oh, yep. <laughs> God. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. There's a uh, depression. Yeah. So, um, please tell me we're doing something fun next week. Yeah. Next, next time we're gonna take a little break from wanting to open our wrists up. Well, this is my fault. Yeah. <laughs> I brought this on. Us. I initially I was gonna want to. I was because you were like, I think we need to get back to our roots, yeah. and I was like, I agree. I think we do too. But after watching these movies, it's like it's okay to mix it up every once in a yeah. while. We don't got to do back to back. Awful, awful. So my selection yeah. for two weeks from now: melt movies. Yes, <laughs> something fun. We're gonna be covering Body Melt, which is a movie I've never seen before. Yeah, so I'm ex- very excited about that. Slime City. It's been a long time. Been a long time. And a masterpiece of independent horror filmmaking: Street Trash. Yes, I love Street Fra- Trash. And you're going to hear me, like, just verbally splooge all over this movie. Maybe inappropriate with this episode. Bad timing. Uh, <laughs> Bad timing. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. And we, uh, may, we may do something next week yeah. to kind of subsidize the fact we missed a week. We're not sure about that. We don't want to set that in stone. It's an idea. Because I'm working eight days straight. <laughs> not to mention, I, I need to get with the guy to work on the music video, too. So yeah. it kind of just depends if I can work it in. Um. Yeah. Anything anything we need to talk about? Uh, Vinegar Syndrome is about to have a halfway to Black Friday sale. Halfway to Black Friday. Severin's about to have a mid-year sale. Arrow's about to have a mid-year sale. And we're already mid-year. Mm-hmm. And we had a lot of uh, um, off time. Off time, yeah. <laughs> but, but like, I'm trying to sit here and be like, budget. Like, I feel like I'm a damn accountant. Like, all right, if I, if I don't buy this on this <laughs> day, but if I save this much money here, then I can... Damn it, it doesn't work. I still can't buy all these. <laughs> That's me looking at a desktop right now. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so if I do this and do that. Hmm. I have a stack up to my knee of movies I haven't watched that I've bought. Jesus Christ. But like, Severin's dropping Robo Wars by freaking Bruno <laughs> Mattei, which is like Robocop <laughs> and, and Predator put together directed by Bruno Mattei. I love Bruno Mattei. Like, how did I not want that movie? Right. <laughs> Who asked for that, though? <laughs> Nobody. For, who asked for Bruno Mattei to be... I highly doubt anybody was like emailing Severin like, we need Robo Wars. <laughs> I'm sure Severin was just like, we're releasing Robo Wars. Yeah. But oh, Beast man. and Heat is also coming out from Severin. Which that's, uh, and then Vinegar Syndrome, the most brilliant 
marketing thing ever is those mystery slipcover yeah, yeah. releases because you want them. <laughs> you want them. You know what I mean? Like, I, want this sh- I don't even know what movies they're going to be. They may be complete trash. Don't care. Want them. <laughs> yeah, get, getting them. <laughs> getting them. <laughs> Winning. I mean, ever since the they did it with Jack Frost yeah. many, many moons ago now, you know, ever since then, them Black Friday sales, I want those slipcover releases. Right. Don't even know what movies they're putting out. Couldn't care less. <laughs> they're just awesome. Oh, man. So, anything else we talk about before we wrap this bad boy up? Um... It's it's a, little, it's a little while from now, but I'm looking forward to Horror Hound. Horror Hound, woo! Yeah. Anything not to think about? September, uh, can't remember the dates. It's September. We'll be there. Shout we'll us out. There. You know, if you see us, be like, oh boy. Well, it, it's, it's if you recognize us. But yeah. If you know what we look like. If you like. see us, go cinema! Cinema! And we'll do like, hey! Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm... An awkward human being, so I might be like, hey, 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 hey. "Hi." <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> don't you, don't you do this to me? That's how awkward Matt is. No, no, no I came no, in here no. yesterday, Matt's like, <sighs> <laughs> "These are the lies. <laughs> these are, these, this is all fabricated." Uh, but uh, five stars on iTunes. <laughs> Give this podcast five stars. Give us five stars. Uh, it's hot as shit in this it house. It is hot in here. Oh, my God. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> That's a YouTube thing. Um, uh, so follow us on Facebook, <laughs> Instagram. Go follow the boys at Who Will Survive yeah. and the Rants from the Black Lodge. Go give Jason a like yeah. at Rain Architect, Dot Orbix, uh, NGW. <laughs> All the all the homies, <laughs> all the homies, yeah. Uh, and uh, next time we talk, we're gonna get melty, M- melty. We're gonna be like damn uh, fudge pops on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> we're gonna be like Elmer. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna be like Weather's Originals. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm melting in this room. Yeah, I'm apparently. dying. I'm melting right now. Oh. When we do the melt movies, we we'll have to turn the fan off so we like get in character. <laughs> we're just like just. Like, <laughs> I'm melting. <laughs> the worst episode ever because we're just sitting here drenched in sweat and like skin falling off. I feel like this movie's good, man. Street trash is so good. Oh, I'll pass now. Uh oh, here it comes. <laughs> but uh, I guess it's time to wrap it up. I'm yeah, John. I'm Matt. And you've been listening to the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Sick on cinema. 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 I'm gonna come in here because I'm sure. <laughs>